Welcome to BBC's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website at ballamvineyard.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be, um, oh, my Bible's open on Hosea. I'm not talking about Hosea, but I love it. Um, I'm so excited to be uh, talking with you guys today about my favourite topic, which um, is freedom. And I, guys, can I just say that something about this church Um, is that these guys here are the real deal. They're so authentic, and um, they don't do anything unless they fully believe in it. And um, and when we were just deciding about what we were going to do for this term, uh, you know, all all three of us just got really shaken by this thing. We're like, we need to talk about freedom. Um, We need to talk about how free you can actually be. And, um, yeah, so, so if there's anything I can say is that this term is going to be absolutely amazing. And every week I just feel like we're going to be challenged, we're going to be taken deeper, um, and we're going to be really released into what's real and what God has for us, which is amazing. Okay, so um, if you are someone who turns in your Bible to things, we are going to be talking mainly out of Romans today. So Romans 6, 7, and 8, which is where all the glory is. Uh, But just before we do that, I'm just going to put your hands in front of you. Yeah, just like you're going to receive a gift. Yeah. Holy Spirit, would you come and teach us today? Would you show us how to live? Wow. God, will we be changed today? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, we want to know you today. We want to be changed by your grace. Lord, I just ask for the revelation of grace just to fall in this place today. That would go from our heads to our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, So this morning I am going to be talking about breaking the cycle of sin. And um, I grew up in, in a church as a pastor's kid, and I, we, would, we would sing songs every Sunday about how free we were, and, um, you know, chains be broken, like all this kind of stuff. And, um, but no, we weren't free, and so, um, so I'd never actually experienced freedom, but I just believed that um, freedom was doing the right thing and being good. Um, and that you just had to sort of manage all of the the fear and the doubt and the anxiety and everything else that came along with life. And um, praise God, he took me on a journey 
and um, and I would just like to invite you on on my journey this morning. Uh, so I'm just going to read a scripture from Matthew, and this is Jesus speaking, and he's talking about uh, raising the bar from the law to grace. And there are all of these um, examples that he gives, but this this one example that I want to focus on. Um, so from Matthew 5, 27 and 28 says, The law of Moses said, You shall not commit adultery, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his eye has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Uh, what Jesus is doing right now, so he, yes, yeah, so he's raising the bar. So if law, the law is like, is like a line, what he's doing is he's raising it. So he's saying, oh, you've never actually committed adultery, but you've thought about it in your heart, then, then I'm saying that you're guilty. And so he's saying, you think this is the expectation, but this is the expectation. But what, what we didn't know, or what they didn't know at the time, was that, that the law is a straight line, but grace is a circle. Yeah, so grace like has, is a like completely different dimension to the law. And when and when you're and when when you're living in the law and you fall from it, grace is what catches you. Grace comes underneath, and where sin abounds, grace abounds also, and it comes underneath, and then it fulfills the law in you and, and puts you into union with God, where you are absolutely separated from sin. And this is what he's saying here. He's like, you you think that. That freedom looks like it's, it's about your behavior. But what I'm saying is you can be free in your mind. You can be separated from the, from the law. The law can be fulfilled in you. But what's incredible is that it's the same grace that catches you. And um, so I just wanted to have a chat to you about my journey from the line to the circle. And... Um, so basically, I've been preparing this message for about 11 years. <laughs> and uh, about 11 years ago, I, um, I was really, I was going, walking through the valley of temptation. And there was a relationship. There was a man that was um, pursuing me. And it was a really, it, it, you just, you don't even have to ask. Like, it was just, it was a really bad idea. And I remember being tormented in the months leading up to um, getting into a relationship with this guy. And I remember this verse, this verse coming every single day. It would, it would be in my head. It would say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his eye has already committed adultery in his heart. And I'd have that verse, that scripture, every single day I'd go to work and I'd have that scripture in my head. And it was, and it was damning me. It was condemning me, saying, hey, look, you've already thought it, so you are it. Like, you don't even have to go and do this because, because you've already done it in your heart. And can I just say, if scripture is ever leading you into sin, you can absolutely guarantee that it's not God sending you there. It is not God bringing you that scripture. And when, um, when Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted, what did Satan do? He brought him scripture. And he said, isn't this who you are? If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And so I just want to just like put that out there today, that the voice of God is not condemning. It isn't, it isn't something that says you should. If you, if you were doing this, you wouldn't be doing this. 
that, that, that is the rigidness of the law versus the grace of freedom that comes in and catches you. So I, um, so I ended up getting into a relationship with this guy and it completely destroyed my life. Um, I lost my, the support of my friends, my family, my job. Um, I would go into more details, but we don't, we don't have enough time today. But it, um, it completely destroyed me. And, um, and I remember when everything came out that, um, that it was just that I believed that I was this sin. And this is, so, this is like the biggest trap is that you believe you are the thing that you're doing. You don't, you, you say, like, um, you know, you just say you're a drug dealer or something. I, I am bad. Like, this is a part of me, not I've done something bad. And this is a real, this is a real trap because this enslaves you. When you think you are, when you are bad, that that's actually what enslaves you into the trap of sin. And um, anyway, so I um, got to the point where my life wasn't worth living. And my life as I had known it was over. And, um, and I decided that um, it was time, I was too tired to keep on living. I'd made too much of a mess out of life and I wanted to take my life because I knew that, um, that Jesus was the only one who would be able to understand. He was the only one who would get me. And so one day, without even really giving it any thought, I just decided that was it. I was too tired to go on. And so I was in the bath, and um, I was in the process of drowning myself when I, um, when I realised that I actually I had to fight to die. I had to fight to keep myself under that water. And I thought, if I have to fight to die, then I should be fighting to live. And in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, stand up and walk with me all the days of your life. And it was a literal baptism because <laughs> I went into the water to die <laughs> and I stood up and God had given me this life. He given me this new life. And, um, and, you know, lots of people who tell their story, that would be it. That would be, you know, and then I started going to church and it was amazing. Um, but that was just the very beginning of my struggle. And um, that afternoon, I knew that God had said, you are worth saving. So I knew that I had some value to him, and I knew that he had some plan for me because I was still alive. And um, so I got uh, really stuck in, because my theology was all, up, it was all up the creek, and so I got really stuck in trying to like, modify my behaviour I, trying to not sin, trying to trying to strive my way out of um, out of where I was at, and uh, the I, I love this quote that says um, the thing about being deceived is that you don't know when you're being deceived, and that is just so real. It's so real. Anyway, so I um I went and I started a new life. Well, I tried to. And um, I changed my name, changed my phone number. Not my first name, I've always been Georgia. Um, but I, I tried to, to have a new start. 
And, um, but I found that the same behaviour, the same kind of guys were still attracted to me and I still could not get out of the cycle. It was like I was walking around with a, um, with a sign on my forehead saying, I'm this kind of woman. And um, anyway, in that time, after, after I had the um, Jesus baptism in the bath situation, the scriptures like really came alive to me. And um, anyway, I got absolutely obsessed with Romans 7 and I'd come home every single night and I'd read it. So um, just this one thing that really applied to me. So from verse 15, it says, I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what's right, but I can't. I do what I don't want, what I hate. I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong and my bad conscience proves I agree with these laws that I'm breaking. But I can't help myself because I'm no longer doing it. It's sin inside me that is stronger than I am that makes me do these evil things. I know that I'm rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. But no matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want... I want to do it, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try, try not to, I do wrong anyway. Now, if I am doing what I don't want to, it's, um, it is plain to see where the trouble is. Sin has its evil grasp on me. And I would come home from work every night and I'd lie on my floor and I would just say, Jesus, I'm not getting up until you teach me who I am. And I'd read this. And guys, I read this for a year. For a year, every single night, I'd read this. This It's not, it's not me. It's sin inside of me. And I want to do what is right, but I can't. And I'm enslaved to this thing. And it was just like this real psycho situation going on in my head. And anyway, one day, after a year of reading this and really meditating on what was wrong with me, God said to me, Georgia, you should read Romans 8. And I was like, I don't want to read Romans 8 because I'm really into Romans 7 and I really, like, I really relate to this. And he's like, there's more to the story. There's more to the story. So we'll just, uh, we'll just have a little read of Romans 8 here. So, so now there is no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving spirit, and this power is mine through Jesus, has freed me from the vicious cycle of sin. Guys, what does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean that I have to just manage my behavior and that I'm always going to have like lustful thoughts or I'm always going to have this stuff going around in my mind? Or does that mean that he's freed me from the cycle of sin? Does that mean that I can be free in my mind? I can be free in my actions. I can actually have like pure thoughts and stuff. Anyway, so I read that and I was like, this is, to- this is like a paradigm shift. And um, anyway, so I... I thought, well, you know, Lord, if, the, if you can do this, then show me how. Like, show me how you can do this. Yeah. And can I tell you something that, um, something about freedom that was never, ever shared with me and something that I discovered? There is nothing more liberating in the world than getting free from sin. I thought that it was punishment. I thought that I had to, um, you know, that, that I had to, you know, be pure for like five years before I get to the next level and it was like a video game. Um, but it's not like that. It's free. 
and it's real. And, um, and I just want to share a story with you with, with the, the moment that I transitioned from Romans 7 to Romans 8. And, um, I mean, you know, God uses all things for good, you know, according to his plans and purposes. And for me, I was actually um, like, I, okay, so I had been striving, I'd had a year and a half where I hadn't had any relationship with a man, anything like that. And, um, and then I met this guy actually at my 10-year school reunion. And um, anyway... <laughs> We ended up going home together, and um, so it's during a one-night stand. And um, this guy is like, is like coaxing me into, um, you know, what you do in a one-night stand. And um, anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I'm there in the moment of truth, and um, and he's saying to me like, you could tell that I was I, there was a resistance there, and he's like, Georgie, you know that you want to. And it was the most incredible. What I love about the devil is that he always overplays his card. And um, anyway, and then he's like, you know that you want to. And in that moment, I realized, I don't want to. I don't want to because I'm righteous. Like, like I actually, I actually don't want to do this because I'm righteous. And like, so I'm having like this real like epiphany moment inside my head. And this guy is in front of me and I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm a Christian, and like, <laughs> just, uh, it was really awkward, but anyway, we, um, but that, that moment completely changed the course of my entire life, and um, that was eight years ago now, <laughs> praise God, and um, anyway, and not, not one time since then have I ever been, you know, coaxed back into that, um, and it changed me forever because I found out what was right with me. I found out that, that I was righteous because I think that there's this belief or I'd had this belief that in the core of who I was, I was bad, that I was wrong, that there was something defective in me. But the truth is the core of who I am is Jesus and it's, and it's good and it's right and there's something really good with me. And um, anyway, so for about three months after that, I absolutely knew that I was righteous. There was, a, there was a new life inside of me, but I still was plagued by sexual thoughts, by toxic thoughts, by thoughts of punishment. Um, I was still in the cycle in my head. And, I mean, I've been making declarations for years about, um, you know, like, get behind me, Satan, and get underneath my feet, and, um, you know, just release purity of my mind, and Philippians, and, you know, I'd been doing all of this stuff. And anyway, there's this one night I was um, laying in bed about three months after I'm righteous moment, and, um, and I had this sexual thought come into my mind, and I just said, get out in the name of Jesus, like I had done so many times, but the thought actually left. It actually left. And then it was a couple of months after that that I realised that I hadn't had a thought like that since. And I remember just sitting, sitting in church and just crying, just crying because it was real. It was real. Guys, it was, it's real. That it's, it's not just I can change my behaviour. It's, it's not just, um, you know, that I can look like I'm doing the right thing. He can make us new. He can make us new, new desires, new thoughts. Oh, it's just, it's, 
It's so real. And I just remember in that moment just saying, God, I would do anything. I would do anything. I give you my life just to tell people about this. Because I've been in church my whole life, but no one had ever told me that I could really be free. That the authority had been given to me. So I just want to read um, from Romans 6, verse 3-ish, I think. For sin's power over us was broken when we became Christians and were baptised to become a part of Jesus Christ. Through his death, and the power of your sinful nature was shattered. Your old sin-loving nature was buried with him by baptism when he died. And, God, and, and when God, with his glorious power, brought him back to life again, you were also given this wonderful new life to enjoy. For you have become a part of him. So you died when he died, and now you share his new life, and you will rise as he did. Your old evil desires were nailed to that cross with him, and that part of you that loved sin was crushed and fatally wounded. So that your sin-loving body has no, is no longer, longer under sin's control. You no longer need to be a slave to sin. You are freed from all of its allure and its power over you. What, when you look at Christianity, it's actually a little bit weird um, that this God came and he died on a cross and he took all of our sins. But what is extraordinary is he shared the cross with us. And what is so amazing is, um, because, like, it's actually really hard to let people into your suffering. It's easy to let them into your victory, but to let them into your suffering is actually, it takes a lot of trust. And our God got before us, and he said, my suffering is your suffering. And he let us climb onto that cross with him. And that's what baptism is. It's, it, it, is a, it is a physical, spiritual death and resurrection. And, and you may have been baptised in the past and you might still be stuck in the cycle of sin, but you can return back to that place at any time. Like I did in the bath that day. Jesus returned me back to my baptism so that I could be co-crucified with him. But something that baptism isn't, it's not a tradition and it's not even a declaration of faith. It is a spiritual death and resurrection. And and that, this is just, it's the most incredible invitation we'll ever get in our lives. And if there there are things that you are struggling with, and like Akshay said, it doesn't doesn't have to be a, um, you know, a drug addiction or a sex addiction or like some huge thing. It could just be like a lust for a career. It could just be, the, you know, that you want to control something. It, it, could, it doesn't have to be, like, I think that we think of sin as, like, you know, the Ten Commandments, that's sin. But actually, our old man can look like lots of different things. And if you need freedom and you haven't been baptised, I want to just, just invite you in, invite you into that invitation to be co-crucified with Christ and to be raised up in his resurrection. But you know what is so great 
is what I'm, what I'm not saying right now is that you have to be baptised. And if there, is, if there is any voice in anyone's mind here that is saying you have to, you should, then that, then that is just not the Lord. He does not speak through condemnation. We get to do this, guys. Like, we get to. We don't have to. We get to. And there is no pressure on any person in this room here. But there is an invitation to say you get to be a part of this. And from, um, and from, from my story, it's through baptism, it's through trust and surrender. It was through getting on my floor every, every night after work and saying, God, teach me how to live. And I'm on the other side and I can say to you, it's real and you can be really, really free. If you are an alcoholic, you don't have to be one forever. That freedom is so much greater. It's so much more real. I know I'm, I know I'm rehashing it, but um, it's actually the reason why Jesus died for us. In Galatians 5.1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ came to set us free. It wasn't even for love. Like, he could still love us on the line. But it was for freedom that he wanted to come and catch us and restore us to be in union with him. God is so invested in our freedom that he put the tree in, in the garden. He's so invested in our freedom. And um, I'm just going to wrap this up. But what, what is so amazing um, about, about freedom is that it's actually not all about sin. That, there, that freedom actually gives you the ability to step into your identity. And actually, sin's just the beginning. Like, getting rid of that, pff, that's the easy part. Like, and, then, and then the real fun starts. The real fun. The real joy. And in 1 Peter 2.9 it says, But you were a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into the light. And that is the way he sees us. He sees us as a holy nation. He sees us as pure. God loves us so much. He loves us so much. And I know there are, there are many people in this room today who are at different, different parts of their journey. Maybe you're trying to get out of the cycle. Maybe you're, maybe you're on the other side and you're saying, guys, it's, it's real, you can do it. Maybe there, there are people in this room who are like, I really love to sin. But can I tell you something about a counterfeit God is that you have to keep that thing going. And once you've had the real thing, you never go back. So the counterfeit, the vice, is like it, you will be a slave to that thing. Any kind, of, any kind of sin, you have to keep going back. You have to keep going back for another hit, another hit. But the real thing sustains you. It gives you life. It fills you up. It takes away all of your pain, all of your fear. And guys, it's the absolute privilege of my life to be able to tell you that it's real. So 
something that, I've, um, that I was told my whole life is that I was a sinner saved by grace. And I was a sinner saved by grace, but now I'm a son. You know, now, now I'm actually restored back. I'm restored back to Christ. And I don't have to wear the badge of a sinner anymore because he's made me free. And I've got to tell you, like, sharing my story, there is absolutely no shame on that. There is no shame. It's, it's actually one of my favourite stories to tell because it's the story of what Jesus did in my life and how much he restored me. Yeah. So I just feel like there are people in this room who... Um, who God is inviting you to, to come back into your baptism. To, you may have already been baptised before, but I just feel like there's, a, there's an invitation there. Yeah, to come back into that, to remember. And there's another invitation in the room for people who want to be free. You don't have to live with anxiety. You don't have to live with fear. It's such a lie that you have to manage that stuff in your life. The destiny of every person on this planet is to break free of this cycle. And to step into the real life. Have you ever wondered why the gospel means good news? Because it's freaking good news. It's good. It's good. Yeah, he calls you saints. He calls you saints. I want to send every person on this room, in this room, on a mission to find out what is right with you. Find out what is right with you. Because that's what changes everything. So we're gonna we're gonna sing this song. Yeah. And if there's been any part of you that says, yes, I want that, I wanna step into that, I wanna step into more of that, then I just invite you just to stand up as we st- as we sing this song. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our BBC speakers.